Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast. <laughs> I remembered to start talking that time. That's great. This is James Chambliss, your host, Old Hat, and I'm here with my friend Ginger Bell, and we're already laughing and cutting up. So when you record a podcast, the editing people tell you you're supposed to have five seconds or ten seconds of silence at the beginning. And so I told Ginger, we're, you know, I'm going to do that thing, right? So, okay, we're doing that thing. And then I had to stop it because I forgot I was supposed to be talking at some point. So. And you're the pro at this. <laughs> Terrifying, isn't it? We need some mechanical help as well as other kinds of help in here, don't we? <laughs> we know who could fix this. Yes. We need, uh, we need he's to, in heaven. We need, we need to call in some local help. Heaven's okay. a long, long way down. I think uh, he, he, we, he would address other issues with us rather than, rather than this, I think. But Well, welcome to the podcast. It is episode 46, and it is ent- entirely powered by coffee. Good coffee. And I'd like to thank Chris and Mike for bringing me coffee from Honduras. That's what I'm drinking this morning, and it's fantastic. Thank you. And sometimes it's coffee Marie sent me, and sometimes it's coffee Ann sent, and sometimes it's the coffee Jack and Janice sent. Y'all, people love me and send me coffee. And if you want to move up my prayer list, that is the <laughs> fastest way I know to do that. I did notice, though, you, you didn't offer me a cup this did, morning when I know, got I here. didn't, did I? He doesn't I, share, folks. I'll well, just tell you. <laughs> that was an oversight on my part. I was offering you some of the awful tea that Lisa was yes. drinking. That's not... <laughs> So kind of you. I know. It's not hardly right. (laughs) Well, welcome. Uh, We are going to talk today about who knows what we're going to talk about, but we're going to start because Ginger has 25 years of school experience. And and now that, that when somebody says they've been teaching school for 25 years, that means something different than what I know Ginger spent 25 years doing because she has some insight into the world that I don't know anybody else that has. Because you spent 25 years having come, having children come find you and talk to you. That's true. And, and I actually, I was um, went to a football game a couple of weeks ago. And as I walked in, I saw one of my precious teacher friends. And she was so excited, made me feel so good. And just came over and just hugged and hugged. And, and it dawned on me that she knew me because she would refer kids. She'd come to me and say, so-and-so needs some ginger time. Yeah. She would see those kids and she would know what they needed. And she'd come and trust me with what they needed. And I just, I've got big ears. (laughs) I mean, look, I do. I have big ears (laughs) and they're better to hear with. And well, you know, when we met, it was for my kids to be coming to your school. Right, right. And, and, and I remember the, uh, the principal saying, okay, you know, the kids are out of the room. We've talked and everything. He said, why do you want your kids here? And three of my kids are adopted. And I, I just, what I told you all that day, I, you know, someday I've been around adoption all my life. Someday these kids are going to say, you're not my real dad. Mm. And they're right. I'm the dad who's here though, mm-hmm. you know? And <laughs> so that's what you get. Uh, but, but when that happens, I want them surrounded by people like you and like Ginger Bell, because what you want is someone who will tell your kids the truth, right? whatever that is. And, and that's why we wanted our kids with you. And y'all Ginger's office was always set up perfect to make <laughs> kids just spill their guts, whether they wanted to or not. She so had this kinetic sand thing and you could, there's a little rake and a little shovel and some sort of pendulum that would make, you know, and then candy. Gotta have. It was peppermint, so soft peppermints for years, and then it, it graduated to chocolate, uh-huh. and, and it 
stayed there, well, I guess until I left. Because <laughs> so, I wasn't tempted by the peppermints. And after a while, you're not tempted by the chocolate because it's been sitting there for so Nah, I don't want yeah. any chocolate. See, I never had that problem with coffee. There's never a time I don't want coffee. Okay. If you'd had coffee, I'd have come understand. by more often, obviously. <laughs> Is that why you didn't have coffee? I would have gotten some, though. <laughs> I would have. I just wanted it to be a safe place. The pendulum thing with the sand I had on my desk from the first year till the last year, and, and there were some of my previous kids who are now parents there who would come in and say, you still have this. And I'll tell you a secret. The reason I got that, my mom and dad had it. And mother said, you know, I think this would go well in your office. And I got to thinking about it. At that point, I was handling discipline. And who wants to go to the office because they're in trouble or they think they're in trouble? And so it was a nice distraction. It would give them something to take their minds off of why they were there. Wouldn't have to make eye contact until they were comfortable to make eye contact. Mm -hmm. And so from that point forward, I just wanted fun things. And nothing was off limits. I had gotten an apple with little gold flecks in it from Alaska. Oh, I love that apple. And a little pre-K-ish person was playing with it, dropped it in the oil, and the gold flecks went everywhere. And I had to, it's okay, it's okay. Because I had it out. And I would tell the parents, whatever you're comfortable with, I'm comfortable with them playing with. Well, I I think it's interesting that, that you were in the cabin for years. Yes. And 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 people are so used to going there and talking that they've turned it into a coffee shop now that you're not in it. That's not an Never accident. Never looked at it that way. This is a place where people are safe and they're happy and they like to talk. Let's just make that a coffee shop instead of trying to make some random place a happy place. Let's find Ginger's office and turn that into one. That's a legacy for you. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, it they have I I talk to kids all the time and the feedback on the first podcast we did together has been from a lot of people who knew you at a lot of different stages right. in their life. And I just, that got me thinking, you know, cause some of them are grown with children. Right. Some of them are in college now. Some of them are still in school right? Now. right. and they're all like, Oh, we love Miss Bell because <laughs> you know, and everybody has a reason to love Miss Bell. But as a parent, you know, I didn't always have a lot. I'm an, and I'm a dad, so that's really a problem. Lisa's the listener in our group. You know, she will still listen to our kids rattle about anything, and I'm like, get to the point for me. Can we just? I don't need all this touchy. She wants to know what they're thinking, and you're that way too. But as a parent, a lot of times there's a lot going on in kids' heads oh that we just gosh. we don't know anything about. So one of the ways that that was eye-opening for me was uh, I have this thing where I do a lot of poetry and I get invited to one of the local high schools to talk to their freshman English class every year. And I'm apparently doing that again in October, which I'm really excited about. Oh, I want to go. Okay. The first time I ever did it, a lot of the, they study, so they study a lot of poets and I'm one of them, but I'm the only one that's not dead. So they don't invite <laughs> the other ones to come. And so I go there and tell the stories behind the poem rather than you know, read some poems. Right, but, and right. I, I don't tell them how to write poetry and I don't tell them, I just tell them my stories and my experience that turned into a poem. And, and the teachers all kind of say the same thing, that this is a form of poetry that our kids relate to because you don't have to count 
and you don't right. have to. It doesn't right. have to rhyme. It's anaphora poetry, and anybody can really do it if you have experiences. You can do that. So it's just writing down your experiences in this poetic format. And so the kids would come up afterwards and go, "Okay, I kind of want you to read my poem, but I'm I kind of don't want you to." <laughs> And I always said the same thing. You know, I channeled my inner ginger bell and I would love to read your poem if you want me to. And I had teenagers handing me their phones, which oh, I realized the trust that is involved truth. in. I had one girl go, mine's on my phone, but the screen is broken. I'm like, I have kids. I've seen broken phones. It's not a problem. That was a spectacularly broken phone, though. But, but what hit me, one girl came up and she said, I'd like you to read my poem. She had, you know, her posse with her. There were a couple of girls, oh, you know, yeah. there to support her. Safety. And she said, I want you to read my poem, but I'm afraid you to read, read my poem. I'm like, well, I would love to read it, but I'm not, you know, going to twist your arms. So it's fine. So here, and I was reading it. And, and, and this is the first time that day I had that thought, but I was reading it. And, and there was a particular line that said, um, I, I can't believe I gave you so much power over me. Ooh, wow. And I put my finger on that until I could kind of catch my breath from that mm-hmm. because, and I told her, I said, you know, there are two th- important things there I want to make sure you know. One, this means you have power. And two, it means you get to decide who you give it to. Mm. And she was like, wow. And she was kind of, you know, she ran away at that point. Well, wow. Sure. And ran off. Gave her way too much to think about. And I was sitting there thinking, I can't believe a 14-year-old wrote this. Yeah. There's so much going on in their heads and oh. their hearts. And their, and we don't hear that as parents. And one of the things, that, you know, that this type of poetry gives the teachers is an opportunity for their kids to open up to them. Right. And it does create opportunities to talk about things that you wouldn't normally because I have different experiences and some of them they can relate to. In one of the classes I mentioned uh, growing up as a foster family and at lunch, one of the kids came over and he grew up in a foster family. Mm. You know, he said, not many people know anything about that. And so we ended up having a pretty serious conversation right? because we had a shared experience that he didn't know because you don't walk up and ask anybody, hey, so did you grow up in foster care? Because I did. I'd like to talk about that. You know, it just doesn't come up. And so the poetry gives you an opportunity to talk about that. Your office was like that. That's exactly what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a safe place. My parents' home was always the safe place for people. And I can't tell you how many people through the years would waltz in and out of mother and daddy's house because they needed sanity they needed love they needed safety and security and so i grew up with that yeah. uh, i didn't always appreciate it <laughs> when i you was didn't? younger um i could have used a ginger belt at times in my life well that's why i'm glad we had one because <laughs> as you know our house is a place where it's okay to tell the truth yeah whether you like it or not yeah. this is a place where we just deal in truth and you know, when you're a teenager busy lying about everything, you mm-hmm. don't really like that environment. <laughs> no, and you have to remember the lies. That's the hard part. Oh, yeah. So I wanted it to be a place where kids could come in and share their scariest thoughts or mm-hmm. their moments or their their pain or their angst. And we could laugh a little because we know. James, you and I know laughter is so good. No question. It's not a lie. It is the best medicine. It really it is. is. It does. It clears things up. It, you know, and we say around here, if the truth breaks something, it needed breaking. Ooh. You know, and I don't like that, but it's it's true. If, right. if that If that breaks something, then it that was something that you probably needed to be broken. And that's kind of how we work. And so, 
you know, that puts us in crisis mode with people a lot because they know they can come over here and, right. and we and will be broken. <laughs> yeah. And we will tell the truth and they can tell the truth. And, you know, and I don't want you to break any confidences no. today at all. And I know you wouldn't. Um, and I know some of the people that love to talk to you are listening because I bet Holden is listening and I bet Abby is listening. And I I'm bet, hoping. Yeah. And, and I have a lot of friends that I know are listening. So I wonder if it's possible for you to say, okay, looking at 25 years of listening to middle schoolers or high schoolers or boys or girls, are there any common things? Are there threads that go through that? Because on behalf of parents, I'm asking you to tell us what's going on in their heads because we just want to help them. Well, and they won't tell you often. They won't. They just need a significant other adult that they can confide in. And I'll tell you, one of the most frequent is probably, she hates me, mm. the teacher. Oh, yeah. They're convinced the teachers hate them. And okay. so, well, well, let me ask you a question then. How do you deal with that? Because I'll tell you how I deal with it. Because I had one coming home. Why do you have an eight in this class? Because the teacher hates me. An eight? Yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit more than a, a teacher's attitude. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I called the teacher and set up a conference and we went in and I said, and he's one of the kindest gentlemen that you've ever worked with, I promise. And I said, well, I'd like to know why you hate my child. And he went, oh, Oh, what? No, I don't. I love you. And they're both crying. And I'm yeah. going, look, hey, man, you told me he hated you. I did not. Well, I didn't mean it. Well, what I meant was I never do homework. That's what I meant. Well, maybe we should start doing that here in week two. You know, so again, I'm not all touchy feely about this stuff. But what you did. Wait, wait. Is that why they won't tell me stuff? Well, it could be you hold them accountable. Mm, what a concept these days. But getting them in the same room. Oh, I am such a believer in that. The girls that are having fights, bring them in my office. We'll eat some chocolate and we'll work this out. But it's the same thing, except that I wouldn't intervene with a teacher. I would tell the students or I would encourage the students, you need to go talk to them. You need to sit down and talk to them because you got some things in your head that are not true. About the teacher. Right. So something that's come up a lot over the years, all of my life, it's, it's been there, you know, they were my sisters. What do you do about the mean girls? They're not mean now. My sisters are not mean now. And they probably weren't mean to the friends at school, but they were mean to me. And so I just want that out there. I have such a hard time believing that, Jameson. I I don't know why you would deserve for someone to be mean to you. You know, I I told my mom recently, I did sometimes get spankings for things I didn't do. I did, but I never got a spanking I didn't deserve Uh, either. (laughs) Kind of split that hair with you. I I don't want a spanking for what I did. I'll take this one. Thank you. You know, mean girls, I think it's been there since who were some of the women early women in the bible i'm sure there were some mean women there. jezebel was pretty well mean, she yeah. yeah well in different well, ways and samson and delilah <laughs> she was pretty mean but it wasn't a mean girl to a girl. you know girls yeah. and being mean to girls but my answer for that one because i experienced some of that growing up is Okay, they're always going to be mean girls. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to handle it? Well, we're certainly not going to sit with them at lunch. Why put ourselves in that position early on? Yeah. And talk about it. Talk to your mom. Say, this is going on. Come talk to me about it. We'll work through it and we'll end up getting laughter from it. Because you can't fix a mean girl except 
praying really hard. And it's sure hard to pray for someone who's yeah. being so mean to you. It is. But yeah. we're supposed to. Well, so. that's, that was a command, wasn't it? Yeah. You, pr- yeah. Pray for those who persecute you. It was in red print in the Bible. Jesus Ooh, said that. Yeah. We're supposed to do that. That's true. Well, and, you know, for me, it's usually a focus on the positive. Are there any nice people? Sit with them. Yeah. Because they're probably dealing with mean people, too. They need a nice person as well. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, you look for alternative solutions to things. Yeah. And with kids, you have to just keep throwing more and more and more out there till one sticks. Yeah. That's right for them. And Well, that's great, though. Keep trying. Yeah. I mean, that's great advice just about anything. Keep trying. You'll get there. eventually you won't. I don't remember the names of all of them except for one who was mean to me growing up. But eventually you forget. Yeah. Yeah, okay, they were mean, but it's not. It cannot scar you for the rest of your life. Well, and and it and you're right, things change because the guy that was meanest to me in uh, middle school, I mean, oh, like super mean. School. Does anybody look back at middle school and go, those were my favorite years? <laughs> I've had just a few, but I'll tell you, that's where God put me. I thought I was going to teach second grade, and then I graduated and my very first position was in middle school, and that's where I was supposed to be. I'm so glad you were there. Well, And I had a couple of teachers like that that really helped me survive middle school. But I'll tell you, that friend of mine that was so a friend of mine, you see, things yeah, changed because yeah. we were not friends in middle school. I hated him, and he <laughs> liked to pick on me, and we got in mm-hmm. fights and went to the office together. And he was one of my best friends in high school. Yeah. You know, and it and honestly, what happened was my freshman year, my dad died. And he knew about that. And that was a point. I mean, what a horrible thing him. to come together over. But right. he went, oh, okay, this guy's hurting too. I know how to help with that. And we right. became great right. friends out of that. It's amazing. If you let yourself or if you get to live long enough, you can learn that some of those things were there for a reason. Yeah. And middle school, I, you have to be called to teach it well. Because it is so challenging, you sometimes want to just kill them all, but then you know you can't. So no, that's illegal. I, I appreciate middle school teachers because I am one. Well, you know, everything was so confusing to me in middle school. Everything. My yeah. friends that had been my friends in elementary school, you know, because when we, went, when we went to middle school, it was three or four different elementary schools feeding into the right. bigger. And so there were a lot of new people I didn't know, and that was confusing because they knew each other. And then some of my friends I went to school with knew people from other schools, and I didn't, and that was confusing. I remember the first day of seventh grade, which for, for me was the first year of middle school back then. Right. A history teacher, and now I thought I knew a lot of history because I read a lot of history. He gave us a test the first day of school. He oh. said, here's your instructions. Write your name at the top and then read the entire test before you start. Uh Oh, one of those. So I, yeah. Okay. Kids, if you're listening, here's a heads up. All I did was I did the write my name at the top and then I went to number one because I didn't want to be last. Uh-uh. You know, that was just that they'd know I was dumb instead of just me thinking they might find out I, they would know. And it was, you know, it wasn't really about history necessarily, but it had you do things too, like go up and touch the chalkboard. Oh, and then sit down or, you know, skip to question 15. And so papers are rustling. And a couple of my friends just sat there with their test upside down and didn't do anything. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm so stupid. <laughs> They're already through. And I'm like, question 18, which is, you know, I don't even know what. But you know this. The last question was, 
turn your paper over. Don't do any of the questions. Just turn the paper over. And that was the only instruction. And so a bunch of us, most of us are running around looking like idiots. And, but the last question was just turn over. And, and coach Glenn, I'll never forget when we were through and he took up all the papers, he said, okay, there's a lesson in this for you. Listen to the instructions and middle school will go easier for you. Oh. And that was a great help to me. It's it kind of cold though, because you're already feeling like, oh, and, and then you realize, oh, if I had just done what he told me. But you know, I wasn't really easy to teach big concepts No to. way. No, it's true. Okay. <laughs> I learned things the hard way. And so that test was perfect for me because it really, it taught me to think before I acted more often. I didn't do a ton of that in middle school. I did a lot more acting. Like now I do a lot more talking than thinking. They happen simultaneously now, which is progress because I used to talk without thinking. Now I do both at once. Still regret some of what I say because I still regret some of what I thought. But middle school was challenging for me, but that helped. Well, know? yeah. So what can parents do to help kids that are dealing with that kind of thing? I will tell you, you know, I was that challenge. Ooh, middle kid, and I challenged everything, my poor parents. Well, I can't relate. I was an angel. I There's know nothing. you were. <laughs> but I I asked my mother one time, how did you survive me? And she said, we wore out a lot of knee pads. Yeah, and she hard. and daddy prayed hard. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I had been in my office with um, a senior student and, and his parents. Things were really rough at home. And... I mean, it gotten physical even, and I'm like, okay, no, we come in. We're we're gonna sit down and talk about all of this. And the young man and I had developed a relationship of of trust, and so he would share things with me. And oh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever ever been through. And this this message is for parents as well as kids. I call my mother on my way home. I was probably 50 and said, and I was crying. I'm so sorry. And she's what okay. Have what done? have you done now? <laughs> and I'm, no, no, I'm sorry for what I put y'all through. I just, because I got the perspective of what it was like and what I had put my parents through. And she laughed. She said, ah, we forgot that years ago. I said, don't laugh at me. I'm crying. I'm serious. <laughs> so the, the message of that is, be kind to each other. Yeah. Be kind. Even when you feel like you don't know Jack, you probably don't at that particular yeah, moment. And so just just kind of weigh it out. Check out the perspective of the other person. Yeah. And so you won't have regrets when you're 50 and yeah, have to call, have to call, call and apologize to your parents. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really about listening and realizing that these kids are works in progress. Well, and, and I have to tell you, as a parent that had kids in middle school, listening was not something that they participated in at home. I don't Mm-mm. know. You know, no. I used, and I used to tell teachers, look, you know, I'll handle it at home. You handle it at school. If they misbehave here, you handle it. I don't. You know. Well, uh, right. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> work. That never worked. Right. But, but what's the difference? Uh, because we've been talking about middle school. Let's talk about high school. What What's different between middle school and high school for the kids? Because 
you know, the middle school kids that are listening are going to high school. The mm-hmm. high school kids have been to middle school. Now they're in high school and they're going great. But now talk about my problems, please. Mm-hmm. What, <laughs> what changes there? Because the kids change, obviously. Oh, it's developmental. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so much research that shows you the different phases of development of the brain. The brain, thus emotions and, and all those things connected. They're physiological changes that occur. In middle school, it's like, I want to sit in daddy's lap, to don't talk to me, don't even look at me. Mm-hmm. And then you get to high school, and you're not talking to anybody except your friends. Yeah. And because you know everything, you don't have to listen to anybody else because you already know it. And so you tolerate. But it's it's physiological. But when they come talk to you, do they really still act like they know everything? No. No, because they don't. And they cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I cry, and that makes them cry. <laughs> yeah. Not me. I'm a rock. That's right. <laughs> uh, you're one of those people that can cry and still talk. I'm not. I'm a baller. <laughs> it's horrible. I just, it's not. I, I guess I'm I'm practiced at Yeah. It. I just, nobody needs to see big big cowboys crying that hard, so I try not to. But, yeah. But there's, uh, there's an opportunity for them to open up to you. And and do you tell them that everybody is just as worried about all the same stuff? You have to, because uh, even as an adult, the things that have gone through my mind ever since Troy Bobby Bell went to heaven and then mother went and then COVID and then the job and, you know, you're going to be telling yourself lies. Mm. And my brother-in-law, my sister's wonderful husband had been talking with some of his girl cousins because there were five and then there was him and he also had a sister but anyway uh, larry's expression was don't go there don't go there there." (laughs) and so i still use that when my brain starts lying to me or trying to don't go there don't go there but you have to be aware enough to know that's what's happening yeah so that's why you need people like I hate to say it, your mom and dad, mm-hmm. significant other adult, to tell you, no, 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 that's lies. Yeah. That's lies. And that's hard. You know, uh, I had a friend, he and his were great friends of ours, uh, and they were parents in a group foster home. Oh. And, oh. Uh, <laughs> and one day, one of their kids called me, one of their foster kids, and I knew him. I mean, we went to basketball games or whatever. We, right. You know, we, we were kind of an extra set of parents around, and so the kids knew us. And, and this boy called me, and he didn't believe what Mr. Brad had told him. Mm-mm. And he wanted to tell me what the problem was. Mm. And so I told him the truth. And he said, did he call you? He told you, didn't he? Like, <laughs> no, dude, we just both know something you don't know. The truth. You're believing lies that you that you would rather be true. But the facts are just the facts. And that's why having a significant other adult that you can trust is important because Sometimes you think your parents are making up some of this stuff and you need somebody you can balance that out against and go, are my parents telling me the truth? Yeah, they get smart. If you hang on long enough and you get to live on this earth, but you know, your God doesn't rescue you and take you to heaven. You realize your parents weren't really stupid, though yeah. we think they are at times. I think I'll tell you why I think that is. I've been I've been thinking about this conversation and I, I one of the things that occurred to me is. We spend all of their lives making them do stuff. That's true. You, you gotta, you gotta get up. You gotta take a shower. Okay, <laughs> go back and use shampoo this time. <laughs> One of mine actually said the other day. He said, "I don't know why I wouldn't use shampoo in middle school." 
I said, I know, dude. When y'all, when the bottle, there's two of you, and the bottle lasted for six months, we kind of <laughs> knew you weren't using shampoo. He said, I know. And when we figured that out, we started just squirting it down the drain. I don't even know why, though. That is hilarious. My sister, uh, my perfect sister, she's my perfect sister. I was never perfect. Mm-hmm. And she says, I wasn't perfect. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I heard that she would fill the bathtub or run water and then just use her hand and swish it around so it sounded like she was bathing. One of my <laughs> one of my kids would turn on the shower and then lay down on the floor and, take, <laughs> and sleep some more. And we worried about when he went out to college, he'll never wake up. He never had a problem after that. It was just, but you, but when you're with your parents, you, you have to try your broccoli. Yeah. You know, they're like little trees, eat them, you know, well, you don't have to like it, but you have to try it. Okay. You have to eat three bites, you know, (laughs) come on, you have to get your backpack, put your shoes on. It's always telling you what to do. And all through school, everybody's telling you what, nobody asks. They tell you, you have to have an English class. You have to have a math class. You have to have a history class. You have to... And, and you get used to that as a parent. Look, I just have to tell you everything. And and you know what you have to do. And we know what you have to do. We just have a schedule you don't have. You know, parents, we're on the clock. We got to get moving. And you feel like you could take another 15 minutes to sleep and that would be okay. And so parents boss you around a lot. But that changes because when you get older, you tell you what to do mm. or nobody does. Well, you know, we're empty nesting now and that's kind of a hard transition for us we we need to quit telling our kids what to do and they need to just do whatever they're going to do because they're in charge now and that's but you know i know grown-ups that that hated spanish class like hated it and they had to take a foreign language and they were mad about it for two years while they were taking it (laughs) and didn't learn any of it and now they're on duolingo learning spanish because they want to you know perspective that's the thing well and that happens once those kids go off to college and you're not there to tell them to use shampoo when Mm -hmm. they and and checking to see if the bottle's half empty after six months or whatever and that has been a real challenge you've got to start before you get there assuming some responsibility right because if you don't then those first few weeks or months or whatever in college woo i am free i can sleep in if i want to i can and then you gotta fix all those things you messed up by being too free right well you know in college is a great opportunity because you can be something totally different at college it's really hard in high school to go okay i've been a big jock for two years but now i'm going to be a brain you're right you you can't really switch parties in high school friend of mine uh, scott harrison says that being popular in high school is like being the mayor of a city that's going away in four years oh you know (laughs) that's true it It is is, because it's true everything's different after that Mm -hmm. everything's different after high school and the people that were mean to you now want to be your friend and you're like why because you have a common experience they were learning not to be a mean person you were learning how to deal with mean people but it changes that's so interesting because i just realized i didn't go to my 10-year high school reunion various reasons and but i did go back for the 20th I guess things were better or whatever, and I was going to risk it. And one of the cheerleaders yelled at me across the parking lot. She was so excited to see me. I was like, you know my name? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you still still feel like you Uh have those high school emotions. They're so imprinted. Well, uh, my wife's mom and dad went to their 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, I mean, high school, (laughs) high school reunion, 50th high school reunion years ago. And I'm like, Really? Why? And they're like, 
because it's just exciting to see somebody that's still alive <laughs> that we grew up with. I mean, and they're serious about that's that. Right. It's just we have that in common. And, you know, and if you go to, I went to high school with 550 kids graduating in my class. Yeah. You know, and maybe 50 showed up to the 20 year right. reunion. You right. know, but it was, it was fun to, you know, I was standing there getting my name tag and I heard somebody say, Where is James Harold? Is he here? And I'm like, Yes, yes, I'm here. You know, and it was great to reconnect with people that I hadn't seen. And some of the people I didn't like in high school, Ginger, I still don't like them. Well, and that's, <laughs> I, I started to say that's okay, but I'm not supposed to say that. Well, I'm supposed to say, James, you need to work on that. Oh, I probably do. <laughs> But I'm not. <laughs> no. You know, and I, I get friend requests on Facebook from people that I haven't seen since I got out of high school. Uh, if we didn't like each other in high school, the odds are we're not going to reconnect. <laughs> you know, why would I go back to high school all of a sudden? Well, and that's something we all just need to remember. Everything changes. It does. It just so, changes. Okay, so that's good. That's a good thing to know. Things change. Uh-huh. What in all of the you know, probably hundreds of kids that you've talked to that went from transition from high school to college. Mm-hmm. What do they wish they had known? What if, you know, cause their kids listening that are seniors and they're busy. I, somebody I know was at a college fair yesterday oh, trying to figure right. out what to do. So what do, what do the kids that go off to college tell you they wish they had known? Well, they need to know themselves to a certain extent. Don't, take 7 a.m. classes if you struggle to get up by noon. Okay, I mean. that, yeah, if you struggle, because one of my kids is taking a 7.15 class, but he goes to work out at 5.30, so his problem oh, is getting to... Sick from- dog. <laughs> he goes to work out. Oh, please. <laughs> but that, I mean, we're laughing about it, but you have to you have to be practical about it, too. And there are just some things you can't know until you get there, but those that you can know... You need to go ahead and get them in place. Check out the professors. There are websites now that rank or rate professors at the colleges. And so if nine out of 10 kids say, never take a class from so-and-so, or, I mean, everybody's going to have their own experience, but they're just some basic things that you can know going in. And so you need to do that. Prep. Do your prep. Well, you know, in high school, you don't get to pick your teacher. You just get surprised. That's right. You get this one. Oh, no. You know. <laughs> when I moved to Tyler, we were living in San Antonio. And when we moved to Tyler, because both sets of grandparents were there and they could help mother with the three little girls, um, a friend, that's so we moved in the summer and we were talking about the next year of school. Ninth grade back then was in middle school. Oh. I would have been in high school if we'd stayed in San Antonio. <laughs> but the, the one thought was, oh, hope you don't get Miss Bruce. Oh, oh no. <laughs> hope you don't. I get my schedule. And of course, I had Miss Bruce. Well, she ended up being my favorite teacher. Yeah. I, she was wonderful English teacher. But it's those, oh, oh, no, I can't handle this teacher. And then you find out you can. So. Yeah. Well, I got... Uh... The English teacher that I had in high school was the same English teacher that had both of my sisters. Uh oh. That could go either way. Uh huh. Let me guess which way it went. I went all through high school with people going, you know, I knew how the year was going to go if they said, Is Linda your sister? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, she is. Did you have her? Oh, I know you loved her. And the other one was, Are you Lana's brother? Oh, shoot. <laughs> This is going to be hard. <laughs> I like Lana. I really do. <laughs> Y'all have a lot in common. But I, I got Mrs. Shiflet, and she was like a Bond girl, if Bond girls were cooler. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she was beauty queen beautiful and drove uh, 
a Corvette oh. and could fly an airplane before she could drive. <laughs> and whenever she went jogging, she wore a pistol. I mean, she was just everything. And all of us took an extra class that she taught just because she taught sure. it. My sisters took a creative writing class that she taught. Well, uh-huh. when I got there, she wasn't teaching creative writing. She was teaching aerospace aviation. <laughs> And I took it. I don't know anything, you know, but, but she's teaching it. So I'm going to enjoy it. But she would, she would probably laugh harder than anybody in the world that I go talk at high schools about poetry. Things change. I was profoundly not a creative writer in high school of any that you'd want to read. And, and, but now, you know, things change. When Tamara first asked me if she could use my poetry in her classes, I was like, like his bad examples, like don't do this because I don't even, you <laughs> For know. grammar checking. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and in high school, I didn't want to write anything. I wanted to go to work. I didn't want to do any homework. Right. So I wasn't big on writing. The poetry that they use is something I did as a project for myself. I called it the I project. And I just, I would write a poem every day about something else every day. And it was just a way of working through emotions. Right. I didn't do that in high school. You know, but I do that now and things change. Things change. And, and that's the, I, I think that's the overarching for parents as well as students. Give yourself a break. Whatever's going on right now is not necessarily going to be going on in even a day. Yeah. Uh, of course, in, in a few years. So give yourself a break. Yeah, do a, your best today and be kind. I tell people don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just try not to make mistakes that are going to be really hard to live with. Yeah. Or that are going to upset your parents too much. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> that are going to upset your kids too much. Oh, yes. You know, because it kind of goes back and forth, doesn't it? We, yes. I try. And, <laughs> my kids will be surprised. But on the podcast, I try really hard to think about that from both directions. <laughs> That's very interesting. I Savannah's face came to mind just then. Um, I think her kids are wonderful, but I can see our fiery friend, her mm-hmm. mouth going mm. when it, maybe it shouldn't have. And the kids are like. <gasps> but so. you know what? She's she's a very emotional person. You know where she stands. You know what right. she feels. And, and for me, that's a gift. You know, yeah. we have a neighbor that's relentlessly honest and like. <laughs> I like that relentlessly yes. honest. So when they paved our street, they went to park in front of uh, her house and she made a move. And when the guys came down here, you know, I, I went out and talked to him. Thank you for paving our road. We've lived here 20 years. Yes. And I swear I never thought this would happen. This is a great day. Because I tried to talk my bride into buying a Maserati. Because I'm crazy like that. I tilt at windmills like that. And Lisa being the practical one was, and you're going to drive it down this road? Yeah, and the fenders will fall off in week one, right? And so then the guys came to pave, and I'm like, thank you, because I'm closer to getting a bronze ride than I've ever been. You know, I'm closer to being a millionaire than Bill Gates, too. Right? He'd have to lose like $40 billion to be a millionaire, but I'm closer than he is. But anyway, so I'm telling them, thank you for that. And they're telling me about, you know, how far away they have to park because, you know, we have the right you know there's an easement there and we have the right to park in front of their house but she came out and told us in no uncertain terms how she felt about that and we just decided it was easier to move <laughs> and i said you know she she is so honest you'll always know what she thinks and you know she's lisa's favorite neighbor because oh. you never wonder right if she's talking about you she'll talk to you <laughs> you know if she has a problem with you you will know first because she's just that honest and i like people like that relentlessly honest yes but um i think that you know, if, if, if what I'm hearing from you and, and, 
you know, the main thing is that things change, but if you know who you are, yes. What's that Shakespeare quote? Uh, uh, to thine own self be true, Ooh. and it follows the day the night. It follows the the night as the night follows the day. Thou canst then be false to no man. You know, if you're honest with you, then you'll be honest with everybody else, and that's hard to do when you're trying to figure out who you are in middle school and high school and even college. You're still changing and growing. There are those processes in your brain that are developing. But but that's all the more reason to find someone you can trust to yeah. talk to that you value what they say and if they tell you you're okay then you're okay you're okay oh that's yeah that's great advice how do you find somebody like any advice on how to find somebody like that you obviously well because we all do that if for you, you listen if yeah. you listen to the other kids and and who they talk to mm-hmm. and who they're comfortable with or if they run up and hug this teacher every time they see him there must be some trust there mm-hmm. for a six foot two linebacker mm-hmm. to go up and hug somebody. Okay, there's trust. Yeah. Especially if she's not a, oh. a Bond girl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we didn't hug her. We were scared. Oh, yeah. We, honestly, we were intimidated. <laughs> but that's important. And then I know it sounds almost counterintuitive, but ask your parents. Mm-hmm. Who do they trust with their child? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's great. Well, and my kids talk to each other sometimes. <gasps> no. I know, no, they do. I know <laughs> some kids do. Some come, come some kids, and ours didn't used to. Uh, but now, yeah. you know, I'll be talking to one of them. He goes, "Yeah, I was talking to my brother," and he said X. I'm like, "Okay, and, it's and, cool. They're talking." Yeah, and whatever the phone conversation was, I always hang up and turn to my wife and go, "They talk to each other." <laughs> I had no idea. That's very encouraging to me. My perfect sister is now my best friend. And there are times when we revert back to when she would fix my hair or she would not approve of this or that. But I have such respect for her that I have to listen now. Yeah. Well, and if you talk about her, I'm going to invite her on the show and let her defend herself. Oh, I'm sure she'd just jump at that. About like my bride does. Yes. We're the talkers in our groups. They, they, they give us good information, and we come tell you about it. Yeah, so. that's it. Happy to do it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. Anything, anything you want to add? I think we've covered a lot of territory. No, there's just still so much more. I think yesterday I was thinking, oh no, I don't have anything. What would I say? I, I'm so silly. James knows what to say, and, and he gave me pointers on on topics, and it was like, oh, I can do this. Well, now I'm thinking we've been going on and on. I don't even know how long this one is, but people are going to want us to keep it shorter. But there's so much to say. Well, you know what? If they want us to keep it shorter, they'll just quit listening. But I, yeah, okay. I don't hear from those people. You know, I don't. I don't ever get text or emails that go, "Hey, I was listening to your podcast. Dozed off, drove off the road." That was so boring. I don't hear that. So maybe we should make it okay for them yes. to, to message us and say, yes. okay, well, yeah. heard of that was good. but Yeah, ran a little long. Sorry. That but what I get are, you know, like Savannah, they listen in the car together. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, and Abby and Alex may be listening right now. How right. cool is that? You know, right. and so there are people that this is a family show. Yeah. And I'll tell you, there aren't a lot of podcasts out in the world that you're safe listening to with your entire family. Now I've got to go listen to some podcasts to find out what you're talking about. Well, I started I started listening around going, okay, well, if I'm going to podcast, 
You know? Yeah, right. And I like telling stories, so podcasting is a great place for storytellers. Right. If I'm going to do that, I need to listen to what other people are doing. And I get about five minutes in and go, that is disgusting. <laughs> you can't talk about that in my ear. Thank you very much. You made me listen to that with my innocent ears? I don't think so. And, you know, and, and just, I think for some people, the appeal of podcast is nothing is off limits. Right. Fair enough. For me, this podcast, there are things that are are off limits. Now, when I say family show, I'll talk about anything that families deal with. Right. And so some right. days they may come with warnings. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but families deal with it. Everything's not perfect and rosy. So you have to deal with it. We're honest here. And so you have to talk about some of this stuff. I agree. But thank you for, for kind of giving us some insight into what's going on in their heads. Because we all get so caught up in our roles parents and children. This right. is who I am. I am the one who gets up late and will not use shampoo or <laughs> I am the one I'm the one who uh, the girl I like told me this shirt was her favorite so I will wear it every, every day. Every day. You know. Or we're we're the parent who I'm, you know, my number one goal every day is to get you to school on time, get in the truck, get in the truck, get in the truck, or, you know, to embarrass you when we get there. So I roll down the windows and crank up uh, Left Freak. Oh, you know, that was I a good day. Just it happened for you yes like it happened yes it happened I, my kids still they'll listen to the song now but it's still kind of you traumatized know what? it dawned on me my wonderful mother who everybody loves she drove my older sister to school i think with a clown wig on oh my on purpose uh-huh. you know <laughs> I never did that. I never did that, guys. Okay, so count your blessings. I never. Did that. I'm assuming my kids listen to my podcast. I don't know. Oh, oh well, I, I'll call them and ask them. Yeah, yeah. They They'll might tell me. Mm, they might. They check out my Instagram. So I, I know that I've got one watching Instagram. Okay. I think one may watch Facebook occasionally, but that's about it. So I try to get their permission before I talk about them too much. Well, I'm not even going to ask. Well, they're not Because I love them and I can talk about them. They know they're safe with me. That's exactly right. That's (laughs) another good reason to have you here. Well, folks, thanks for uh, sitting around and chatting with us. We really enjoyed it. Uh, We we wish we had been recording sooner because we were laughing hysterically (laughs) before we ever turned the machine on. And then we had machine issues. And listen, here's some free advice for you. If your computer's not working or anything's not working, just turn it off. And turn it back on again, because that's what we did. And hey, presto, now it works. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you got something out of this. If you have any questions or anything you want to hear Ginger talk about or me talk about, then let us know. Um, When I was at chapel that day, Abby actually came up and said, you need to come back and tell the skunk story. Oh, that's so so cool. Yes, yes, yes. So I know people are listening. That's right. And that's a good thing. And the point of the, the... the skunk in the well story, folks, was whatever's down in the well comes up in the bucket. And that's, you know, kind of that's the cowboy version of what Jesus said about out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. What's in your heart's going to come out your mouth. So put good things in there. And I really do believe that the best is yet to come.